I'm going to say yeah, Nick Hamilton, because <laughs> okay. I am so off of my, okay, I have okay. not been Let's listening. Let's sing Burn, let's sing Burn. Oh, God. Oh, or uh, what's easier? No, no, Burn, burn oh, is okay. fine. Burn okay. is fine. It just makes me cry. Oh. <laughs> it's such a good song, but yeah. it, makes me, it makes me cry. Or, um, oh, we'll, hey, we'll just, Theodosia. we'll do Raise a Glass to Freedom, something they can never take away. No, no matter, matter what, what they tell you, raise, raise a glass to the four of us. Tomorrow there'll be more of us telling the story of tonight. We'll tell the story of tonight. Welcome to the Platform Podcast, where we talk to coaches, athletes, experts, and real people to learn about their approaches to training, nutrition, mindset, and much more. I'm your host, Jordan Cundy wright founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, and I am on a mission to help others build sustainable, healthy lifestyles. This week, my guest is Dr. Sarah Summers. Now, she is a kettlebell lifter on the Team Riddlestruck out of Ontario, Canada, and she is a fellow musical theater enthusiast and uh, nerd across many, many facets, and I think you will see in this episode that we nerd out uh, very, very hard, and I am very excited to tell you that I had her on for not one, but two episodes. One, this one, was pre Twin Cities Kettlebell Open competition having occurred. We did it the day prior to the competition while she was uh, here in town. And she is the first person that I have ever interviewed in person. Uh, and we did that so that we could sing together, uh, as you heard in the teaser here prior to this intro, because we are such musical theater nerds and we sing a lot. And one of the things that Sarah and I connected on so much is our love of music and our love of musical theater and our love of singing. Um, so... I just felt like I had to do this interview in person with her uh, so that we could sing together because we sing with each other all the time. We've become really good friends now throughout the course of the pandemic and uh, via Zoom up until this in-person meeting that we finally got to have, um, which was just phenomenal. So um, this will be part one of uh, of this of this. Uh, of this interview and uh, I will say that the second part is post the competition and it was honestly because Sarah was like we did not get into nearly enough kettlebell sport and uh, we talked way uh, way more about other things as you'll hear in this episode so um, fair warning there is a lot of nerding out across a number of dimensions but I hope you enjoy the conversation and can feel the love in the conversation because it really was so much fun and thank you Sarah for being patient with me for inviting you on I've wanted to have you on for a long time but i wanted to do it in person so uh you are the first person in person that i have gotten to interview so i really appreciated it and it was fantastic so thank you so much and to the listeners um thank you to you as always i'm grateful that you listen to this podcast and um if you enjoy the content I put out, uh, as always, I will ask you to please leave us a five-star rating and review, share with friends, um, and let people know about this podcast. And of course, if you want to step onto the platform and compete in kettlebell sport or need help with your nutrition, please reach out to me as I help athletes of all levels reach their goals without wasting time using my integrated coaching approach. You can, of course, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Twin Cities Kettlebell or email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. Now, without further ado, let's step onto the platform with my friend, Dr. Sarah Summers. All right, welcome in to this week's episode of the Platform Podcast. We are coming to you from lovely little Canada, Minnesota, and I have my guest, Sarah Summers, in from Canada. 
So yeah. from Canada to little Canada, Yes. <laughs> welcome to the smaller version of where you're already from. We got really excited last night. We were driving to our Airbnb. We saw little Canada and all the Canadians in the car like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I honestly have no idea why they called it little Canada at all. Yeah. But uh, it does make me happy. That yeah. I might have Canada. to find that out before I leave. We, yeah, yeah. We should probably go on a, on a fact finding. Yes. So yes. It would, it'd be, yeah. It'll be very important for us to, to yes. find that out. So yeah. Sarah is, is in from, from Canada and you are a member of team Riddlestruck. V team Riddlestruck. Riddlestruck. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a fun we had a fun moment at the airport last night. I was able to help pick pick them up because you've got uh, what seven six, oh, six, six of us, and then Bobby Hicks is staying with us as yeah, well. Six, yeah, six people flying in from from Canada, so they had to get a, a rental car, and I was like, hey, I can help pick people up because bags and, and yeah. what have you. So we had a fun little moment uh, when, when I pulled up <laughs> through the truck and park and just got out. And, and the biggest, <laughs> most joyful group hug you've ever seen because Jordan has been in our chat group since February and we've never actually met in person, but I feel like he's my best friend. It was, so. yeah, it was, yeah, it was like, it was so fun. Because yeah. The, the cop that the cop was, <laughs> he was staring us up and down pretty, pretty good. But, but was, I think <laughs> we were just so happy. He, did, he, he didn't just, care. even a cop couldn't disturb that. It was probably so. like, he was honestly really, he probably didn't give a shit about the hug. Yes. The fact that I just threw the truck in park and yes. didn't really even like pull into a parking spot. I was just yeah. like, there they are. Well, how about the fact that Steve like jumped in your passenger side like before you had even parked <laughs> i don't know whether he was just that excited or if he was just claiming shotgun, he was claiming shotgun. yeah that was really yeah, what it sure. is him and, him and matt you know they've yeah got their, they've got their friendly their friendly rivalry where, yes you know he had to claim shotgun even though matt is i mean roughly a foot taller yes um, so you know but he's more fun. than a foot taller than me so yeah you know so well sarah thank you so much for coming on we didn't even yes. i didn't even get a chance to thank oh, you for it's okay. being my guest i am so thrilled to be here it's been a long time coming and yeah i know it was i know it was probably becoming a point of frustration <laughs> for you but uh i had long i had long decided that you were going to be somebody that i needed to interview in person uh because we sing yes like we both sing yeah and this is one of the things that we have in common is a shared love for music for musical theater for vocalists yes. um, which we will definitely get into so i was like yeah you can't do that on Zoom. We've tried. Trust yes. me, y'all. Yeah. We have tried, and Zoom cannot handle two people <laughs> singing at the same time. It like mutes one person's microphone or something, or the the audio gets super garbled. And I mean, it would sound rough. Yeah, I mean, really rough. Not that we're gonna sound super sharp, but yeah, uh, there will be singing. BTW. We're, yeah, we're, gonna, we're probably gonna sing. So sorry, not sorry in advance. <laughs> <laughs> so. We'll start with some of the the traditional. Yes, uh, platform we should podcasts. probably talk about kettlebell yeah, a we'll little give bit. The people, we'll yeah, give the people what they want. I yes, guess, you know, in some yeah. in some doses. So, yeah. how long have you been doing kettlebells in general and kettlebell yeah. sports specifically? So thankfully I had some memories come up earlier this year. So I have actually been able to pinpoint the year that uh, I started and that was 2016. Okay. So five years now. You're like a toddler. Yeah. 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 Um, or more than a toddler now, I guess you're like a young child. Yeah. Toddler, yeah. But... A broken young child, <laughs> but <laughs> the sport, I, I seem to reach good like success and then, you know, injure my, injure myself in stupid ways. So <laughs> Yeah. Or just, you know, I think it's just a journey of learning your body and the biomechanics of your particular body and then reacting and becoming okay. stronger. Yeah. So, so you're, so yeah. you're, your husband is Matt Boris, which yes. some people should know. Um, so Matt but, was on, Matt was on before yeah. and his injuries predated kettlebell sport yes. just as do mine due to stupid men activities, like yeah. smashing our heads into each other and things like yeah. that. But you're talking about specific injuries that you've picked up in your journey on kettlebell yeah, sport. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a few here and there from softball and I do have arthritis in my right hand, my right wrist. Um, but I just like learning how to lift properly I, and lifting heavier weights, you tend to uh, realize that there's some, you have some biomechanical things you need to work through. So I would say not only have I been on a kettlebell journey, I've also been on a mobility journey mm. as well and learning about my body in a way that I never thought I would. Um, Cause 
I mean, I injured myself here and there growing up, but not to this extent, but I have a great team in place. So including Dr. Kettlebell himself, Eric St. Ange. Eric St. Ange. Yes. Dr. Kettlebell, which yeah. he is he is just as tall in person as I thought he would be. <laughs> Apparently he was taller than some people expected him to be. Bobby thought he was, he was like, you're even taller than I thought. Yeah. This, is, this is the joy of actually getting like to get together in person. Yeah. Like that's what I'm yeah. so excited about is like, we've, we've been faces on screens now for, yeah. I mean, like you said, since February. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and like, you know, I've, I've, I've known, I've known of you guys and like, interact right. with you adjacently in yeah. kettlebell sport for yeah. a while and like to actually get a chance to like have a group hug and like to, yeah. see, to yeah. see that eric is the giant i thought he was and that, <laughs> and that steve is steve is short and you know all yeah. the things that we that we all talked about you know like it's it's super fun yeah like, a big regret of mine is like we were both at us nationals in 2019 and in, in michigan right i was not oh no, you weren't no, oh okay there not. were just some kettle three six 316 t-shirts oh, yeah, and stuff that, yeah yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah yeah that was probably Sarah okay Ford, then Sarah never Fordero mind and yeah yeah probably had them yeah 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 for sure yeah kettle 316 has uh has proliferated more and more which i'm which i'm happy about i still have to define what what kettle 316 actually says, yeah because you know everybody's like you know john 316 and then there's austin 316 says yeah. i just whooped your ass and like, <laughs> what is kettle 316 saying yeah. like I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't actually. You should, you should probably nail that, that down because you're like very good with your like your Viking related branding and stuff. <laughs> but to not have the kettle three sixteen nailed down, yeah. you might have to talk to Amanda Zoltis about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need. Yeah, I definitely need some. I need some influencer help, or I need some oh, yeah. help, right? I need, yeah, yeah. I need people that are that are sharper at it than me. Yes, <laughs> I can't take I can't take credit for for that branding. Yeah. Like it was my brainchild, but like. Uh, my my friend Raul Castillas out, out <laughs> in Cali. He uh, yeah, he's he's the guy that, that really came up with the brand identity. So Got it. I can't I can't claim I can claim like with a lot of things I can claim like the the idea yeah. seated with me, but I have very little actual artistic talent. Oh yeah, so well, I can't bring my own ideas to life. I just like explain them to actual yeah. artists, and I'm like, so I'm thinking like this, yeah. and I give them like a rough sketch, and they take what I did and make it like badass. Yeah. Like, exactly this is so much they're like yeah give me any feedback you have give me yeah. as many, we'll do as many iterations as you need i'm like this is so much cooler than anything i could yeah. have actually come up with because right i'm not that creative other than being able to create ideas but i can't yeah. like, well that's why I, I think team riddle struck by now is pretty well known for awesome t-shirts and it's good to have a person around like that, like Eric Lamb, who's been working with us and they work with, he works with Swanson Mountain Fitness now too. And oh, nice. like, he's done all of our logo, logo designs, you know, our superhero inspired logo, desi logo designs and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we have to be very clear yeah yeah there's no copyright infringement no no said so absolutely not um but like we're at, you know steve eric and i are just like very superhero obsessed so um it's good to have someone around to uh to bring your vision to life yeah okay because we want to be known for good swag yeah so you, you guys definitely have good swag i got a branded mask when y'all got yes plane, yeah that have, was so, a little surprise so from, there's the yeah. team real struck slash team lavoy uh mask so yes how has uh how has uh murica welcomed you with uh with the masking well, and everything how was um, the traveling I, it was weird so um we landed last night and we went to this great little this great bar local bar in uh in where is it badness heights badness heights which is technically where we are yeah in little canada we're like we're like ready to invade little canada we're on their northern border yeah and we were all all the canadians at least we were wearing our fat face masks into the restaurant because we're just very conditioned to at this point like we have vaccine passports now in ontario but if you get up from your table, you put a face mask on. Like that's just what happens. And, um, and we did, are like, yeah, yeah. And especially because we were all wearing our like kettlebell stuff, and then we had the matching we're face masks. We're all wearing like shirts that have skulls. On yeah, them like the team riddle struck, like... the team riddle struck OG t-shirts, and and yeah. So um, I don't it know if like it was the face mask. Thing. I don't think it was. It may not have been the face mask, but you know, considering I am American, I'm home. 
versus, you know, being welcomed by a foreign country. So, so do you have dual citizenship? Um, no, it, the citizenship, citizenship application is actually pretty extensive in Canada. And I just haven't got to keep people off of that sweet nationalized health. Yeah. But like you, you can, you can get the healthcare being a permanent resident. I'm pretty much only not allowed to vote. That's like the only well, thing. I mean, so. given the last few election cycles in America, yeah. I can't say that I blame them for not wanting Americans to vote in their election. Yeah, well, um, absentee ballots, baby. If you live overseas, <laughs> use those absentee ballots. They do make a difference, especially when you're voting in North Carolina. Okay. <laughs> like I am. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I've when I go for like the world world teams and stuff like that, I am competing as an American. That's why we go to like U.S. championships and things like that because that's me. Yeah, yeah. So we got to we got to yes, a little yes, bit more on yeah. the origin story. Like we got yes. into how you kind of got into Canada. Okay, but you go. So you are yes. you are born born in America. Yes, where at? Because um, it's a I was, large country. Yeah, I'm actually a Midwesterner by birth. I was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. And then we moved to Pittsburgh when I was six, and that's where I grew up. Okay. Um, and then. And then UNC Chapel Hill. Yeah, so I went to undergrad at NYU, um, and then I oh, did. Where? New York University. Oh, I've never heard. Never heard of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's no. kind of a big deal. Really? I don't know. I don't Is anybody, know. Anybody from Broadway? I don't know. Like maybe Adina Menzel. <laughs> Who? Uh, oh, oh, yeah. She, and she I was in that one, that one show. Oh uh, my God, a uh, 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 rent? Uh, Wicked? No, no, no. Yeah, that one too. Um, oh wait, what else is she known for? Uh, oh yeah, Frozen into the unknown. Yeah. Frozen one and Frozen two. Yes, yeah. And having her name butchered by John Travolta yes. at the Oscars. Uh, and she's also Jewish. Is being a Jew, we like to like tell everyone who's Jewish. So. <laughs> I get to name drop the NYU affiliation we've and had, her we've Jewish. We've a few of the chosen ones on the yes, podcast. Yes, like, I yes, feel like, I of feel course. Like we're not discriminating. Yes, against, against no, no, absolutely not, absolutely not. But um, you know, we I think we should start like a Jewish like lifting chat group. Matt Boris will have to hook us up with that. <laughs> Well, have you have you have you seen uh, the the Jewish kettlebell challenge, uh, Kaim Jerkenstein? <laughs> there, you, you, ha you have to you have to follow him on Facebook. Okay, on okay. It's, it's yeah. Uh, well, I do follow like the Israeli lifters, a lot of them. So it's it's nice that they're getting a little group going. And then Solomon Roskin, of course, of like course. Yeah, yeah, you know, friend of the podcast. Friend so of the podcast. What yeah. up, Solomon? I hope you're still listening. Yes. As well, we'll check yeah. out him soon. Yeah. So there there are some nice Jewish lifters out there. Absolutely. So, okay. So yeah. NYU, yeah. Okay. How NYU, do I... NYU for undergrad. Yes. And then, so I said UHC, UNC Chapel Hill. Yeah. That's where I got I my PhD had, in yeah. history. Yeah. So I don't, um, oh, so should I, should I have interviewed you as doctor? Um, technically I am a doctor, but I, I apologize. No, it's doctor, okay. It's I'm okay. Very sorry. Dr. When I, and, um, female academics tend to be really hesitant to put the doctor in front of their name when they're not a medical doctor, but I'll do it sometimes when I'm flying and stuff <laughs> just cause it's kind of cool. Like I do have a doctorate and I have the right to call myself Dr. Summer. So yeah. And I do, like, I still teach online at Wilfrid Laurier university. Um, so when I am teaching, I am Dr. Summers. So, yeah. I, I have no, credentials uh, like that so congrats congrats you. to you um and so a doctorate in history yes german history german history yeah. specifically why german history uh i really fell in love with the language uh so i had a fantastic german teacher in junior high school um dr kessler mr kessler um, oddly enough, when I got to UNC Chapel Hill, one of the professors in the German department there also graduated from my high school and also got into German because of Mr. Kessler. So, oh, fantastic. yeah. And uh, my really good friend in elementary school, her mom was a German teacher at another school district. And so they always had like exchange students staying at their houses and stuff. So it was kind of a living language for me a little bit awesome. um, with that. And uh, 
I just, the language is so interesting and challenging, very, very challenging. It is a very challenging language. Yeah. And I don't back down from a challenge. Let me tell you that. So Give me of, six declensions. I don't some care. Some of the reasons it's challenging for people that don't sprechen Deutsch yeah. is the articles uh, Cases, are, are, yeah. ge are gendered, yeah. but there's no rhyme or reason to why they're gendered a particular way. Yeah. Well, I mean, about 40 to 50% of the time, there is an actual reason why it's like female, male, or neuter. But then you kind of guess in the rest of the 60% yeah. of the okay, time. Yeah. So yeah. the majority of the time, yeah. like, I have no idea. Yeah. Why yeah. The article and is it, the way it's, it is. it's really just practice. Like when I'm not practicing German, I screw up the genders like you would not believe. Yeah. But, well, and that's how native speakers know whether or not you're yeah. a native speaker is how often you screw up the chosen yeah, articles yeah. that go with things. Which, and, and I fool people because I'm actually pretty good with my accent. Like if, when I'm there and I've been there for a while, like it's very hard to pick up that I'm not a native speaker, but then I start making grammar mistakes and, and that then is fairly and obvious. Then they know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, I've always loved history as well. So when I got into history, it just made total sense for me to do German history, but um, I obviously, you know, everyone thinks every German historian does like World War One, World War II, Holocaust, and I actually focus on post for, um, post forty five German history and feminism in mm. Germany. So, so Recon yeah. Reconstruction era. How did they How did they rebuild from? That um, actually, not even um, more of the sixties and seventies. So, oh, like okay. the student for, protest, okay. yeah, student protest movement, feminism, feminist movement, but also politics, okay. like high politics. And, and yeah. how do you? And how are you still up to date? with current events in oh yeah time? yeah well like angela merkel is so interesting um i'm gonna start getting really technical here but um <laughs> the christian democratic union union being a very catholic-based organization hasn't always been the greatest with um especially helping women work in germany there's a lot uh, up until maybe about 10 years ago like most of the school system was half day so like it was that angela merkel's party Yes, Angela Merkel's partner. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, but Ursula von der Leyen, who you've probably heard about, because um, she's uh, Germany's representative to the EU right now. And I think she's the president of the EU. I have to fact check that. But um, I think you're right. Yeah, she started, got her start as the family as the family minister. And she actually she's got like eight kids, by the way. She's like this yeah, she's crazy. Not crazy, but like it's well, just that is, that yeah. Is, that is crazy. It's not. Like, it's crazy in the sense that, that she's yeah that she's been able to get get to where she has with so many children because that's really bucking the norm, especially for her generation in Germ in West Germany. So, um, but Angela Merkel, who is also a doctorate, she's got a doctorate in um, in medicine, not medicine, in biology, I think, or chemistry. Um, and she's not married, but she, or not married, she doesn't have children. And she, Ursula von der Leyen, just like reformed everything, which is really interesting. So Angela Merkel did propagate like a good reform of, of childcare policies and things like that for women in Germany. Um, so who steps in now? I don't know, man. They're still <laughs> trying to figure that out. I, I check back in December. Yeah. <laughs> we'll know by then. They're trying to yeah figure that all out. How do you feel about the resurgence of uh, fascist factions and like the Nazi Party is like making, yeah making a comeback it's really scary. Germany, I is... mean, always also as a Jew, like it's scary. And I have I have um, friends who are German historians um, who are like black feminist German historians who have faced such bad have had just such bad experiences in Germany just like on trains and things like that having like the most deplorable disgusting things said to them uh and it, it's especially in the eastern parts of the country it's a huge problem but it's very economically based like there's a high still high level of unemployment in the eastern parts of Germany um and things like that and um it, it's scary especially even though I didn't my dissertation did not focus on Holocaust history and fascism. It's still, still something I studied with Christopher Browning, who's one of the foremost Holocaust historians and him and some other Holocaust historians have published very good kind of criti criticisms of like the Donald Trump era and things like that. And like there's some it's not a perfect co co you know, correlation, but you see still see a lot of the troubling trends um, and 
it's about polarization. That's really what was happening about the time that Hitler came to power was a huge polarization right and left in Germany. And some of the elections that the Nazi party were participants in went equally like right and left, like far right, far left. Um, so uh, it's, it's scary to look at that um, it's, it helps tremendously that Donald Trump is no longer in power. Uh, you know, he, but when you see the movement that he created and um, it, it, it's still very scary to watch and I'm not entirely sure like what to do about it <laughs> as that, well. That makes two of us. Yeah. The, uh, the global trend towards authoritarianism yeah. and away from, from democratic rule yeah. is, well, is like, autocracy yeah. is very scary and yeah. like, that they're, you know, you look at Duarte in the Philippines and well, and, uh, Hungary, I, where Hungary. the IUKL uh, championship is going on right now, like, right now, right now, like uh, Hungary has been one of the scariest cases yeah. in in Europe as well. Yeah. So, which sucks because I've been a beautiful, like it's such a beautiful Hungary's country, a beautiful country. Yeah, what I've heard, I have. Yeah, I've, I have a lot of friends that have gone and yeah, like, friends that are well traveled have told me that that Hungary is one of the like most beautiful places. Yeah. In the world. Yeah, and it, like Budapest itself is such an interesting city with such an incredible history, and it's just like, uh, it's really, you feel a little hopeless, you know, as a single person watching geopolitical events, but it's, I think it's important to be informed as an so, individual, not as yeah. a single person. Yeah, yeah. You're not, you're, you're not single. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, she, she Matt, meant, you're still married. <laughs> as an individual, not as a single person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. uh, I will, I will, uh, pirate uh, a line from Hamilton yeah. and say, let's get off of politics. Yes. Thank please. you. <laughs> <laughs> and Do you we'll, want more about kettlebell? <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get back. We'll get back to, we'll get back to kettlebell. So yes. you, you alluded to, you alluded to, uh, some injuries that you're, uh, you have a good team in place that are, yeah, help, that yeah. are helping you with. So what what are you, so what are you dealing with and what are you doing uh, tomorrow? tomorrow yeah, is yeah, the yeah, yeah. I'm here to compete, man. I've been working really hard. So um, there's been, I've had two major injuries over the past five years, which I guess is like pretty good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Grading on a curve. I don't know. I'm like, current, I'm like a C minus. This current one's still kind of kicking me in the butt. But um, so I developed SI joint issues in mm. my back uh, and then learned that, you know, this thing called strength training is probably really important as like a cursory to kettlebell lifting, but also that's when I really got heavily into yoga for mobility. I know there's many different ways to do mobility, but yoga seemed to work the best for me. Uh, and, um, right now back in May, right after the Swanson mountain fitness, uh, this, the North Algonquin kettlebell open the shout out to Lorraine. And yeah. Todd. Yeah. Can't wait to meet you guys. Um, you, wait, you haven't met them yet? No. Oh my God. They're another yeah, one. Of, they're, they're another, they're one another the Yeah. Like, yeah. So that, again, that, that you haven't met it. I just assume I would because love, you're in Canada, like, yeah. Once I'm done with this, we should talk about like all of the things that happened over COVID among Canadian kettlebell lifters. Cause it's kind of a cool story, but anyway, like I hit 80 reps with double 16s for long cycle. And then I busted my knee. <laughs> uh, I have like a pretty, I had injured the meniscus in my knee. Uh, and I've been, I've could only do, I at least could still lift. I just could only do one arm lifts. Uh, the extra weight of two bells just, you know, obviously like my knee needed to heal and things like that. So um, I've been working with Eric on both, you know, he's a chiropractor, but he does a lot of soft tissue things as well. And also a doctor, also a doctor. Um, and I, I, I like, like slacker on the credentials. Thing. No, I well, I just, I feel like it, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Working with someone that does kettlebell sport as well. Uh, Cause initial reactions from other healthcare providers I've gone to in the past has been like, what the F are you doing? Stop like doing that. Yeah. And Eric, you know, treats me like an athlete. He's like, he's going to do everything in his power to make sure that I can still do what I'm doing to the extent that I can, you yeah. know, obviously, but uh, there's no no's unless it's like really, really bad. It's like, figure out what you can do because you need to keep moving. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I've been working on my rehab very, very diligently and just, you know, giving it time to heal. 
it's also hard because my current employment means I'm on my feet all day. So um, that has been difficult to get through as well for the healing process. But uh, I, back in August, I found that I could lift double bells again. um, And I thought I'd just be only be able to do jerk, but realized that the long cycle actually was good. Like that the rehab had helped the mobility I can do has helped. So tomorrow I am lifting double uh, 12 kilogram long cycle. And I've never been so proud to step on the platform with double 12s, even after I said (laughs) I would never lift double 12s at a competition ever again. Um, But it just, it's part of the journey right now for me. And I'm so excited that I can get on the platform and lift two bells between my legs, many for many repetitions. So um, I'm hoping by, uh, March or so that I'll be able to compete with the double 16s again. Yeah. I was supposed and what's it, it's kind of I'm very I'm just focusing on the positive but I was I was actually transitioning to the double 20s when all of this happened too. So I was really looking forward to getting into that like semi professional class cuz I've yeah. worked really hard in the past year for that. And uh so it was really disappointing and really took a toll on my mental health for a while. Um, but I've just been really focused on the positive. I don't know, just when I was able to pick up the double bells again, it was like, okay, I'm home, you know, like I'm, I'm doing what I love and, uh, you know, it's healing, like it's healing. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm also doing snatch tomorrow, double, uh, 16 kilogram snatch. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super pumped first in-person competition Mm -hmm. since October of 2019. Yeah. So, um, shout out to Dave and Derka for that competition, the Agatsu. Um, little did he know that would be our last competition for a very, very long time in person, but he always puts on a good comp and, uh, yeah. So just really excited to meet some new lifters that have gotten into the game, uh, during COVID and to see my, my best bud, Amanda Zoltis in her first, uh, in-person competition too so yeah we're we're gonna be wrapping amanda and i are on the platform uh in the last flight yeah uh which is not unintentional i mean i put myself in the last flight intentionally and then it just (laughs) happened that that amanda goes yeah too so yeah it'll be it'll be good one in the last in the last set before we get into the yeah there'll be a lot of shouting during that one (laughs) well i think there's just gonna be a lot of yes there's gonna be a lot of shouting in general i think everybody is really excited about yeah getting to lift in person again. yeah There's so many people that are doing like their first competition yeah which I'm very excited yes. about and then there's going to be some PRs tomorrow. And then there are some people that have leveled up their game that mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see. And yeah, the, 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 the competition for best overall coefficient yes. is going to be hot and heavy between yeah. uh, two of our friends of the podcast, yes. Stephen Riddle and we also and have the Mighty Mouse, Andrea yeah, Lavoy, uh, so. which there's been a lot of chirping between the two of them the past 24 hours, and the amount of math that they've been talking about trying to figure <laughs> they're out like, how many reps, what they're going to weigh in. It's been really fun. Yeah, and there's some both, other. They're both doing triathlon. Yes. And they're both, yeah. they're both like relatively light. Yes. You know, so, yeah. And they're lifting relatively heavy. Yes. Compared yeah. to their body weight. So their coefficients are going to be stupid. Yes. And it's going to be, it's going to be really fun. And they've yeah. both been just crushing their training sets. So, yeah. Like I can't, I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Platform Podcast. By the time this episode's come out, we will have completed our first annual Twin Cities Kettlebell Open, and I hope it goes as well as I think it will. So I want to once again give a thank you to all of the people who participated, either virtually or in person, and I want to especially thank our sponsors, Bellevator Belts, Barefoot Athletic Shoes, Pro Kettlebell, 27 Degrees Apparel, Cambrian Customs, and Gaspari Nutrition. And thank you to each and every one of you who listened to this podcast and decided to participate. I hope to see you again next year. Now, without further ado, let's get back into this episode.
yes. I'm really excited to see that. I'm really excited to see Carter Berry. Oh, yes. Biathlon, because it'll be the first time I've met Carter in person. Oh, so I'm excited okay. For that. Yeah. And then my boy Tim Boyer is. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm so excited gonna, for Big he's Tim. He's going to land in like 30 minutes. Yes. Um, yes. So I'm excited. Uh, you know, Which, he texted me this morning. Like, <laughs> I can't wait to meet you in person. I'm like, bro, I can't wait yeah. to meet you too. Which, like, talk about an inspiring COVID story. Like, I, like a lot of people, I started noticing him on Reddit, on the kettlebell forum and uh, on the R kettlebell. And uh, I it just, and then all of a sudden he was like training sport. And I'm like, is Jordan training him? Like, that was my immediate thought, actually. <laughs> I was like, is he working with Jordan? Because it just seemed like it would be such a good fit. And yeah, yeah it, sure it, enough. It, yeah. It, yeah. Tim, Tim, yeah. Tim, uh, yeah. Tim and I, Tim and I connected right away. Uh, and he's honestly like, you know, it's like, it's like the same thing that happened with, with, with you and me. Like, yeah. like he became one of my best friends right away. Like, yeah. Like, he just clicked right away. And I was just like, this guy is just somebody I can talk to for like, like, and this is, this is, you know, no offense to anybody else that I coach. Like we get on our check-in calls and we'll talk for, you know, our usual cadence on our check-in calls for like yeah. 20, 30 minutes about like, what's going on with this nutrition? How's this yeah. training going? What's the plan? All those things. And then we'll just talk for like another hour yeah. about well, life and really things. The same thing. Yeah, so like reveal Jordan is my nutrition coach <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing when we have our Zoom calls. It's like we have to like cut ourselves off. Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's uh, late, like <laughs> it's you, midnight. Yeah, for me, we can't sing anymore. <laughs> it's 1 a.m. for you. Uh, we should probably go to yeah, bed. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. You need to get more sleep. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, but it's good. Like, I love yeah. I, the connections that we make in this sport are phenomenal. Yeah, it's been it's been, it's been fantastic. So, yeah. All right. Awkward transition, but okay. something we have to talk about. Yes. Um, why is Star Trek or Star Wars the better of the two franchises? Which is better oh. and why? Go. Um, I'm going to pull the introvert and say they're both amazing in different ways. Okay. Nope. No. No, you don't have that easy. Which is better? You have, oh. to, you have to pick one. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to go Star Trek. Um, just cause I feel like it has a more continual influence in my life. Like star Wars kind of comes in, in and out, but I always have star Trek playing in one iteration or another in my life. It's like my, it's like my, my baby blanket, if you will. Okay. Yes. All right. Best captain ever. Same time. Picard. Count Picard. Oh, well, Picard. Picard. Spoiled it. It's Picard. Yes. <laughs> Everybody knows it's Picard. Oh yeah. It otherwise is wrong. And, and I'm uh, sorry. The new Picard show is fantastic. It's so, it's even artistic. Like it's so well done. They bring in previous characters. Yeah. So watched it oh no i'm sorry you're so disappointed well, in me and no, it hurts, no it's but... okay it's okay it's okay you know hamilton that's okay yes, okay <laughs> I do, but yes i so i will say i actually like star wars i that's like fair. star wars better like yeah not not because it's better you're right they are they're different they're they're different yes um and it's and it is but the reason I have so much appreciation for Star Wars is were it not for Star Wars, I would have never liked Star Trek. Okay, that's right? fair. Like Star Wars, it, yeah. I was like, I was a reticent nerd. Like, yeah, I, okay. I didn't want to be nerdy, but like, I've been yeah. nerdy my whole life and just in denial uh, about yeah. that. Yeah. Like, so I, 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 I so I, badly I totally wanted to be get cool you. Kid. Like, I totally get you. Um, but it's, but it's like sci fi and fantasy just played such a strong role in my life because my father like mm. foundation has just been turned into a television series on apple tv and foundations a, a series of books written by isaac asimov and that was literally my first sci-fi book because my dad had his copy when he was like when he was a teenager so i think it was um I don't know, but it was like I haven't watched any episodes oh, yet because okay. I'm, I'm waiting until they're all done. Yeah, that's what my so sister. I can, so I can just watch it's them gonna, all at they, once. So they, I'm they, like, I can't do this. Like, you you can't yes. go back to 1997 where like scheduled TV. Yeah, I need yeah. to be able to binge. Netflix ruined it. Yeah, for me. I yeah. need to be able to binge. I I just was so freaking excited. I just had to start watching because Lee Pace is in it too. Which he's well, like Dune is Dune is coming out. Which like, uh, I I'm gonna and, see if anyone wants to go tonight. Honestly. <laughs> like I'm just, I, I'm just so freaking excited for Dune. Like you have no idea, people. No idea. There's so much. Like I love that. Like sci yeah. that sci-fi is getting traction again. Yes. Like, yeah. Um, you know. So 
I, I don't just yeah we're nerding and, out and really I don't hard. think they could have chosen a better director for it too like um just um you know Blade Runner 2046 is pretty good but um the same director did uh, Arrival as well yeah, which, which was, was such awesome. a like a movie a sci-fi movie that made linguistics cool like yeah not an easy task not an easy task and it he's just he's such a great director and i think he just has the right look and feel for a more modern day take on dune but i actually love the the old one too yeah <laughs> so okay. i will i will watch it on occasion because it's just so campy and it is there it's, is a campiness to the original book too in like a weird way it's so like, it's, i mean yeah. it's one of those like awesomely bad like mm -hmm. uh it's but you know, Picard is in it. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So yeah, I yes. I had I, I had I had to ask. I, well, I would yeah. like I think I think the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek is mm -hmm. um Star Wars is you know it's sci-fi and Star Wars definitely skews more towards the fiction. Yes. And Star Trek skews more towards the science component yeah. of like obviously and, it's fictional as but, well, but like it's just it seems nerdier and like my super smart friends are like yeah star trek is the smarter like that's what smart well, people like. okay and they're so, like they're like very, they're very aggressive about yeah it. Like, and the like star wars is kind of like um like greek mythology yes. like there's yes. a reason why you kind of have the same family story playing over and over again and things yeah. like that um which is amazing like i love greek and roman mythology icelandic mythology like all of that yeah. norse mythology like um there's only eight stories yeah yeah like, they but, just tell the same stories in different, different yeah ways. exactly but the the cartoon tv shows are amazing too um but star trek is more rooted in um a like social consciousness and social justice which as a person that's very interested in kind of social movements and things like that like and has always been interested in those topics um even before um you know i went to grad school like it it's a world it's envisioning a world and a society that um there it's like that envisioning science fiction like a world that we would love to have you know where there's no poverty and things like that now i love deep space nine though because you actually learn more about other planets and like you know the whole bejor versus cardassia and like there is some tones of kind of the Holocaust and that as well with mm. the occupation and some of the stories that at least in the first couple of seasons that they explore, like the trauma of occupation and internment camps and resistance and things like that, um, that because, but they have more time, like they've got multiple television shows yes. with, you know, every one of them the having so the many me seasons. That's, that's part of the yeah. reason I have such a hard time even comparing the two franchises. Yeah, I don't. It's like, yeah. it's like when you have so many installments of the story yeah. to tell like you can tell it in so much greater granularity yeah that it's really actually hard to compare the two but i do understand the the philosophical debate between the two because yeah like, one definitely is much is much more like you said it's much yeah. more classic and like the the ties to to Roman mythology yeah and, and and other other mythology and 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 star trek is is more of its own creation yeah like, there's less yeah. influences to it but yeah it's, uh but i also i do actually one of the things i really always appreciate about about star wars is that uh -huh. it's such a amalgamation of uh different religious philosophies yeah it's very universalistic it's yeah very, like there's a lot of dallas in it there's a lot of buddhism in it yeah. there's a lot like there's a lot of different there's a lot of different things and it was honestly uh, the Western world's exposure to Eastern philosophy yes. in a yeah. lot of ways, right? Like yeah. a lot of people were not consciously aware yeah. of Buddhist Buddhist practice or Taoist practice at all yeah. until they saw Star Wars. And yeah. then you go deeper into Star Wars and you realize, oh, these are actually like religious themes that have yeah. been around since the sixth century. You know, yeah. so, I don't know. I, and and that's I think the Clone War, like the television Star Wars shows, are really redeeming some factors that all fans hate about like the the movies, especially the first three episodes. Like the Clone Wars, like really drew out Anakin and his change and his relationship with Padme too. Like you actually see them as a couple and not, and like the struggles they went through um and makes and it makes his his turn at the end a little bit more i hate sand. yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> Best dialogue ever. Yeah. Although, Sam gets everywhere. I, I think Rebels is probably my favorite of the, the cartoons, but the Bad Batch is pretty cool too. But they yeah. only have one season. There's a yeah. there's a there's a very strong uh canonical orthodoxy that's emerging in my household, which I really <laughs> love. Um, well, like, I I've been checking in on you and your Star Wars viewing with your kids because yeah, that's my- just like a that's a momentous occasion yeah, when you start being kid, able to do that. The kids yeah. are going full on down the rabbit hole, which I'm super excited about. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the spoiler alert, our, our Halloween costumes this year <laughs> are my kids are going, my kids are going as Luke and Leia because uh-huh. boy and girl, yeah. and I had to go as either Anakin or <laughs> Vader. And my wife had to go as Padme. My daughter was oh, like, really? no, you can't be Leia. You can't be Ray. She's like, she's like, I'm going as Leia because I'm your Her daughter. daughter. And dad has to go as Vader because or or Anakin yeah, yeah. because he's our father. Like Aww. they were very focused on the canonical accuracy up until That's the point cute. of lightsaber color choice. Then, <laughs> then my son was like, "No, I want a green lightsaber." He's going as green lightsaber Luke, not oh, blue lightsaber Luke. Interesting. But his costume doesn't match green lightsaber Luke. But that's a whole thing. We okay. Won't get into that. Okay. Got it. I haven't. He just wanted a green lightsaber. Yeah. He's five. We'll give yes. It we'll it's give fine. it to him. We'll yeah, give it. We'll, to we'll him. let him. Have, we'll let him have that. Yeah. We'll let him have yeah. That. So it's it's fine. So all right. Now we're yeah. gonna, now we're again awkward pivot because okay. you know I want to be respectful of your time because you have a COVID test. Yes, yes, I have soon. to be able to get back uh, to what, what to time Canada. what time is your COVID test? Two forty five. Okay, we got a little time yet. Yeah, but, well uh, I have to go pick everyone back up. Okay. So, yeah. Best musical ever go. Oh fudge. I, and I was <laughs> you, I knew you, I you knew you can say fuck. It's okay. <laughs> Um, oh, uh, this podcast yes, is more explicit thus far because oh, of fuck. me. Oh fuck! Okay. Okay. Good. And this is sad because I knew you were going to ask me this, and I've been thinking for months and months, like <laughs> what I would say. Um, but I think the I would have to say Rent because it was the first musical I was truly obsessed oh, with. Yeah, I know, but there's something about that first obsession that I had, yeah. um, which. That explains why I got so obsessed with Hamilton because I'm fully capable of being like just absolutely obsessed with musicals. But um, when I was a freshman at NYU, a lot of my money went into seeing Rent like all the time Mm -hmm. on Broadway. So it's different when you see it in person. Yes, exactly. Like my my first experience with Broadway was seeing Les Mis, which was my first. Yeah, that was my first musical too. Yeah. and that that's still the only thing I've seen on Broadway in New York. Yeah. Some of us didn't go to NYU. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, like that blew my fucking mind. Yeah. It was yeah. so good. And like seeing seeing the vocal talent that yeah. it requires to be like, because even the people that are in the chorus yes. are phenomenal. And half singers. of them are understudies, and you can't even tell when they're when they have to to fill in. Yeah, it's, it's like nuts. Yeah. The the level of talent it mm-hmm. takes. And just so people know, like everybody's like everybody kind of assumes that if you've made it on Broadway, like if you're in a Broadway show that you're making good money. And no, that's not the case. Yeah. A lot of them are like starving artists, like yeah, well, hoping to make their shot. Like, yeah, you can make you decent get, money, but maybe not for the yeah, you, cast. Yeah. Like, they, and that's the great thing. They are unionized. So they, they make decent money, but maybe not for living in New York City. Let's yeah, put it that I was, way. I was just yeah, they yeah. make decent money if, if they weren't living in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, like that was an amazing part of going to NYU was uh, not only I was committed to seeing as much as I could, but my university was committed to making New York City our learning playground. Mm. So they offered a lot of discount tickets. Um, there were oftentimes, uh, so we had like a book that we read as freshmen kind of, and we had these little, um, we had these discussion groups to like introduce, introduce us to university and everything. But our, all the books they chose had something related to it going on on Broadway at that time. So I did uh, um, uh, Taming of the Shrew and then we saw Kiss Me Kate. We got free tickets to go see Kiss Me Kate on Broadway. which is a fabulous like show by the way really really funny um and just there we had it nearly as well known yeah but we basically had like a ticket booth at at nyu and they got us discount movie tickets broadway tickets like anything that was going on 
Uh, and there was a lot of programs that brought like movies to us. Like we saw previews of movies all the time and things like that. So um, I was so incredibly spoiled going to NYU from a cultural span standpoint um, to just have all of that there for me and to really cultivate my lifelong love of Broadway and just being able to go all the time. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a very, a family that was very into musical theater, theater, like my, even my, my grandparents, I remember driving around the car with them. We'd always have musicals on in the car mm. and same with my family. Like we just listened to musicals as much as we listened to everything else. So, um, yeah, like it, I, I was really spoiled, but Rent was like my first obsession. So we're just talking, I like listen to the soundtrack all the time. Like I actually listened to the soundtrack for the first time in a very long time the other day. And I still remembered all the words to a three hour long, entirely singing musical. So yeah. <laughs> I was pretty impressed with myself. <laughs> yeah, I still know all of the words to the South Park musical. Um, <laughs> hey, that is a conversation you have with my husband, not me. <laughs> well, yes, I know, I know. But that's, uh, that's, it's one of those that, it's funny though, how like the things that you attach to um, has as much, it's not uh, that it's a detriment to their quality, yeah. but it has as much to do with when it hit you yeah. right, as it does with their quality, right? Yeah. Like, because like, like Les Mis is phenomenal. Yeah. But, uh, I, I like to say it's the best musical of all time. You have to put it up against so many other phenomenal musicals. Yeah. But for me, it's like, it's either Les Mis or Hamilton. Yeah. And it's just because of, to your point, like yeah. how those are the two musicals yeah. that I got fucking yeah Hamilton with. was like crazy well that Hamilton came out actually during my first my SI joint injury and all I could do was go on hikes like that was the only thing I was mm. allowed to do was just walk and I would go like I was living in Guelph Ontario which there's a lot of free hiking trails around there so I would just put in my headphones and walk during the entirety of Hamilton like and so that's that's what which I did a solid two and a half hours yeah ago, yeah so like I was going some pretty epic hikes and things like that and Cause it was all that I could do. Like I couldn't lift anything. What's your favorite rent. song from Hamilton? Um, Satisfied. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is my favorite song. Um, cannot sing it worth a lick, but <laughs> <laughs> as we talked about this, my vocal range is more, I, my voice is more, uh, um, it's more alto. Yeah. Yeah. So those, which isn't notes, really well represented in Hamilton. No, but burn's not bad. Burn's not bad. Um, but yeah, so it's just, uh, that I, it was like the right time for me to get obsessed with a new musical because I don't know, uh, uh, having music that has a plot line also helps tremendously on long walks and things like that. Well, and as a history yeah. nerd, yeah. no offense, yeah. um, but as a history nerd, yes. like a musical that is based on actual U S history yeah. is huge too. And like that, that, that was a huge thing for me. Cause like, I, I didn't, I didn't major in history. Yeah. My, my brother did. Oh, okay. And like, like I love history. Yeah. And like, yeah. Uh, very few people, like, as they say in the musical, like very yeah. few people understood Alexander Hamilton's influence on, yeah, yeah. on the U S structure yeah, and, and therefore the world structure that we live in now. But it's not only that historians love Hamilton because uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda just had this, I, he understood, he somehow weaved like um, historical interpretation into the musical. So that, I think that's one of the reasons why I love Satisfied so much. It's a counter history to the meeting of um, uh, uh, Eliza. Eliza and, and Hamilton because uh Angelica's perspective was totally different on that night. Yeah. And that that whole situation. And when you see the staging, they do the exact same staging for both songs, yep. but it's done with different lighting to show how like two separate situations can breed different interpretations. Mm. And that is so hard to teach to students. Yeah. That that is what the core of history is. It's not facts. It's yeah. interpreting yeah. the past because you have different facts put at you. There's what you saw, what they yeah. saw. Yeah, and, and then, then there's what, what you happened. saw. Yeah, and then there's well, actual happened is even well, you know, or a third. Yeah, like what a third party. Yeah, yeah. Would say there's like happened, this, right? ha like that meeting happened on this date in 1782 or whatever. But it's like 
you know, the Angelica's sources. Yeah. So if you look at Angelica's archive, you come up with a con, uh, like a, a distinct interpretation. If you look at, you know, Alexander, Alexander Hamilton's letters, you come up with a different interpretation. And only by blending them do you maybe come up with a, um, but you come up with a very complicated, interesting story. And yeah. that's what, that's what, um, and then interweaving also Alexander's obsession with his legacy into the, the and is, um, I, it's most professors wish they could do that in the classroom. That's the thing. And then Lynn Manuel Miranda did it in a musical. Yeah. So it's just like, My yeah. Dearest Angelica. Yeah. The comma after dearest. Yes. Yeah. My dearest. Which even grammar, Angelica. grammar is integrated into Hamilton. No, so. So, I'm sure you know this, but fun fact is that it was actually, so in the musical, it's, it's, uh, it's Hamilton teasing Angelica about mm -hmm. the, about the placement of, of, a comma. of, of a comma. Um, but in actual letters, it was Hamilton that did that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a, which is a fun thing that you learn from reading the actual, uh, biography. Book. Yeah. That, that which is actually a good read. It's, I, yeah, I, I so it's huge. Yeah, and I've been I've been working my way through it for like a year Me plus. Too. Yeah, um, but I can't. I, I was reading it before bed, uh -huh. but I can't read it before bed no. because then I can't sleep because yes, all I, I have, have a, all the songs in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can't read before bed. I'm just a very voracious reader, and I just want to uh, stay up and read. Yeah, yeah, so. I, I can read before bed, but like if I read the wrong things, yeah. then yeah. my mind it doesn't help quiet my mind. It yeah. actually makes me stay up. Yeah, even, even later. Um, I would like to just give a good shout out to Gordy Jordan's dog, who has been keeping me company during this entire podcast <laughs> as my emotional support dog while I go through this. As he is dead asleep. <laughs> yes. Just in happy, happy land right yes. now. Totally happy. Yeah. Totally happy. Okay. Yeah. So, so Satisfied is your favorite. Yes. Is your favorite song. Yes. Okay. Uh, is that the best song too? Are those are those interchangeable Ooh, or is that? I actually think My Shot is probably one of the best songs in the musical. Hmm. Just, just everything that goes on in that song is just like crazy. And I think it has some of Lin-Manuel Miranda's like best like writing in the musical too. So okay. yeah, that's my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I could, I what, could see that. What about you? Oh. Uh, well, I think we talked like my, I don't know if it's even my favorite song, like, okay, favorite song. And this is where it's hard. Like, it's like, what's your favorite song to sing? Favorite it, song to listen yes. to? And favorite I, song? I think, are you going towards burn because the vocal performance? Cause we, yes. we agree that yeah. Philippa Sue's burn is one of the best. It's the best vocal performance and her, and, her dynamic yeah. control mm -hmm. and range and the ability to emote yeah. that she gets from it. Like, yeah. that's the thing that for me with music always makes the biggest difference is does it make me feel yes and, and every time i hear that song yeah like when when she that last note when she's like i hope that you burn yeah and from, you can feel yeah the just yeah seething anger that yeah. she's experiencing and like yeah and it's both like heartbreaking yeah. and you empathize with her at the yeah. same time it's so fucking amazing for me it's when she sings you 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 yeah. like that it's yeah. just like it's like you like just self-centered bastard yeah. who only thought about himself and not everything that you've built at home yeah, yeah. there's so, like there's yeah. so many there's so many nuggets in that like, yeah so i love that song yeah but then if it was like if i was choosing one that i like there, and even this is still hard for me because like if I was picking a part that I that I wanted to audition for yeah. it would probably be Aaron Burr oh okay. yeah because, the, that's very suiting it, for your voice because yeah but but then but then I'm like I actually might even be better for George Washington because and Ooh, and like and Aaron yeah. Burr is kind of slight and like in the same yeah. way in the same way that Hamilton was so I'm yeah. like whereas Washington is big authoritarian yeah like he's got that yeah. mat and he's got those big vocal parts yeah and that actually suits me even and his well, those parts the, are in my wheelhouse the so guy like, that's playing Aaron Burr right now is a big dude oh really yeah oh, yeah I, I follow that. him on Instagram yeah he's he's actually a pretty big dude so at least he looks like, like it. The, the room where it happens is is oh, one, such a hard is, song too. Is one of yeah. my favorites. Yeah. Like and like I, there's and there, again that's that it's that where he's like 
you kept me from the room where it happens yeah. for the last time. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to hear him switch yeah. like that. He does such a good job of emoting that, like, that's where the switch flip, where he yeah. went from being like a decent guy who yeah. was ambitious to yeah. like fucking sociopath yeah. who will do anything yeah. it takes to get to power. Yeah. And you're like, Oh I, shit! I also, <laughs> it's like I, the turn of Darth Vader. Yeah, it's a full yeah. Circle, right? But like, um, wait for it. Such a great song for that too. Wait for it is amazing. Yeah, such a good song. That yeah. one's really hard too because there's yeah. so much like the the syncopation of the rhythms yeah. and some of the things are the it, timing and are the so vocal hard. range of the song too is so so extreme. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, I love yeah. That. Like that's yeah. That's one of the things that that one of the things I love about yeah. that song. But yeah, and. The, another one that <laughs> so i can't pick a favorite <laughs> it's okay I, but like but you made like, me okay <laughs> yeah i did make you uh but like uh dear theodosia oh like, such a beautiful song and, and it's another one it's another yeah. one of those that has that has layers to it because it's it shows again it's brilliance of lin-manuel miranda yeah he shows what is the thread that these two yeah. men had in common yeah exactly and, where, and like why were they friends at one point yeah in their life, exactly right? and it's like they were going they were both in the war yeah they both had children at the same time and yeah. what is one thing that everyone has in common even yeah. whether whether you're far right or far left yeah. or whatever right everyone loves their fucking kids yeah right yeah. and becoming a parent and yeah. those things like those things change people. Yeah. Right. Like we all have those moments that yeah. that that tie us together, right? Yeah. And to hear them both like be like, oh, I want to make the world the best I can for my son. Yeah. I make the world the best I can for my daughter. Exactly. And like, they have yeah. that thread. And then later it's like, why did Aaron Burr like the thought that he, you know, yeah. he said, what did he think before he shot Hamilton? Was, yeah. This man is not going to make an orphan of my daughter. Yeah. Right? And yeah. Hamilton had already lost his son. Yeah. And it's exactly. like, so like, like he was already dealing with that. And yeah. Burr was not, he was not going to allow yeah. that to happen. And right? Burr, like, by all accounts, was like so close with his daughter, like so close with his daughter. So. It's, yeah yeah it's, yeah it's it's so it's just it's it's super it's super interesting oh, i know i know you yeah, got i know yeah. you gotta go soon so i have to like go right now actually <laughs> okay yeah so i'm gonna be respectful of your time yes. but i have to i have to ask you okay i have to ask you the the the, yeah. the clincher question yeah right? so if you were if you were giving somebody if you're giving somebody advice on their starting on their journey with kettlebell yeah. sport what is the one piece of advice that you would give to to somebody getting into the sport now get a fucking coach <laughs> and do your research and get a good one <laughs> i i like steve has just been like such an important part of my life for the past five years and like um, you know, he gets me physically where I need to be. He's a great emotional support as well. <laughs> um, and I think I just see all these people like on the, the Facebook groups and stuff. They're like, okay, like, how can I do this by myself? And thankfully everyone chimes in. It's like, you can't do this safely without having a coach um, or at least, you know, several degrees in exercise science, I would say, but um, like get, get a coach, get a freaking coach. Um, especially if you're, you're committed to it. Um, I can see maybe working with a very knowledgeable friend like Amanda did with us, but I always told her, I was like, I will get you to your first competition. And if you like it, we're finding you a coach because mm -hmm. I, I don't have any certifications or anything like that. Like I know good form. Um, you know, I had a decent idea about workouts and things like that, but, uh, it was just not safe for her long-term to yeah. be working with me. Um, and, it's just not a sport that you can safely do, I think, without having a coach. And um, and it can be, I have still effed up my body a little bit, <laughs> even with a coach, but that's that's just my own biomechanics. But but Steve is like really amazing with mobility too. So it's he's just like this perfect resource for me. Yeah, and well, if you had like the counterfactual, right? Like yeah. If you hadn't have Steve shepherding your program, yeah. like how much worse could anything exactly have been? Like, exactly. Yeah. So just don't F around with it. Like if you can't afford it, then maybe just do hard style stuff. I don't know, but like, uh, you know, find a coach, find one that, you know, has good students and, um, you know, do your research because this is a very symbiotic relationship. And, you know, Steve's become a, like, we're really great friends with his, him and his family now too. Yeah. And it's just like, you, you need, you need someone that will tell you the truth, <laughs> tell you the truth about your form. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll 
you know, shut down your bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's what you think you can do. And I've been, I've been, you know, I, you know, I've been there too, where there's what you can think you think you can do. And then there's what your coach knows you can actually do and what's reasonable. And you need, you need that support. Um, and it's so easy to do, uh, over the internet now to you with like videos and things like that. So in zoom, so yeah, get yourself an effing coach. All right. No, don't, but don't beat around the bush. I love yeah. it. I love okay. it. All right. So yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. We can obviously nerd out on yes. many, many times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we will, we will have to do this again. Yes. Um, yeah. So we will and maybe we'll, talk about kettlebell sport. I don't we'll, know. We'll talk more about kettlebell sport. We'll talk more about, we're going to talk about all the things. Yes. I mean, yeah, we, we, we went, we went all the, over the whole gamut. So yeah. We, we will definitely have you back for, for awesome. another interview because yeah. we have, we have way more things we can talk okay. about. So, I, all right. We will okay, talk soon. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. I really have to go. No, you're okay. good. Thank you for listening to this episode of the platform podcast. We will be back with a new episode again next week. Thank you once again to everyone who participated in the 2021 Twin Cities Kettlebell Open. And please stay tuned as we are preparing already for the 2022 Twin Cities Kettlebell Open. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you have any questions, please reach out to me on social media. You can reach me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com, at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club on Facebook or Instagram. And I hope to see you for a new episode again next week. Thanks for listening.